0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun got a bit of a longer show for you today, so let's get right into the news. The Panthers and Giants have both found their head coaches in Matt Rule and Joe Judge respectively. The reason that matters to the Vikings is because that is two fewer teams that can potentially poach Kevin Stefanski. The only head coaching vacancy left is Cleveland, and they interview Stefanski on Thursday, in addition to Josh McDaniels, Jim Schwartz, and a host of other candidates. Kevin Stefanski could still win that battle out, but the odds are looking that much slimmer. The Vikings held a simulated practice on Tuesday with no with just practice shells, because of the short week, they released an estimated injury report. They did lose Stefan Diggs due to the same illness that has been going around that locker room. They also estimated that Mackenzie Alexander, who is getting surgery on his torn meniscus, as well as Linvald Joseph and J. Ron Kearse, would not participate due to knee injuries of their own. The Wednesday injury report will be a lot more informative, as they will be back on a normal practice schedule. With that, let's go directly into Crossover Wednesday. I have Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, as well as Locked On NFL. He also is on the flagship show. Uh, he's here on the line, and he's going to get us started. Welcome to
2: another Locked On Podcast Network crossover playoff edition. The 49ers got to stay home last week, so there was no crossover last week. We've got the Vikings in town. I am with the host of Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun. You can find him on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. This is Brian Peacock, by the way. I don't know if I even mentioned that for all of you Vikings listeners. I'm really pumped for this matchup, Luke. Super excited. And by the looks of it, both of our podcasts are in the iTunes Top 100 now. So I think the listeners are pretty pumped, too.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a really cool thing. There's uh, I guess you get a, you get a lot of hype when you get into the divisional round of the playoffs.
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah, and everyone's excited new listeners, so welcome to all the new listeners out there whether you're tuning into the Vikings version or the 49ers version of this podcast. We're going to look at key matchups in this game, make some predictions, maybe some injuries that might affect this football game. The 49ers really had a chance to get healthy and by the last report I saw, all 53 members of the 49ers' active roster were at practice with three or four of them limited. But everyone on the practice field right now for the 49ers, which is a great sign, especially getting some key defenders back in Quan Alexander at linebacker, pass rusher D. Ford and strong safety, Jaquaski Tart. How are the Vikings looking coming into this game after a really big win in New Orleans last week?
1: Yeah, so they're reasonably healthy, not not uh, quite that healthy, but they. Uh, so the the real stories are that they're super thin at slot corner. Uh, Mike Hughes, who had been starting there, went on IR, like uh, kind of surprisingly right before the playoffs. And Mackenzie Alexander had to have uh, arthros- uh, had to have arthroscopic surgery on his knee. Uh, he had actually aggravated that injury during the meaningless week 17 game which is very interesting so they had to have that uh they had to have Anderson Dahoe play that nickel role They had to have uh, J. Ron Curse play that nickel role earlier in the season when actually both those guys were injured at the same time to begin the season as well. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see who they throw out in that slot position against like George Kittle or or Debo Samuel or whoever the the Niners throw out there. Otherwise, there's kind of a flu bug uh, going around. Stefan Diggs actually missed in practice on Tuesday because of it. They had uh, Sendejo and Stephen Weatherly also had missed that. Uh, had missed some practice last week because of it. So they're a little ill, but that's it. Everybody else seems to be fairly healthy. And that's, I I guess, as healthy as you can ask to be in January.
2: And I know we're not in Minnesota, but we got hit with some stuff too. And it's going around. We talked about it before going on the air. Uh, If if you hear me mute and it's oddly silent, it's probably because I'm coughing up a storm over here and it just doesn't seem to want to go away. So uh, a lot of people feeling the, the flu, feeling the sickness right now. Uh, pretty much 100% of the people I've talked to have some sort of sickness happening right now. I don't know if it's your inoculations. (laughs) Exactly. I've got that vitamin C. I've got uh, an emergency going on right next to me right now. You mentioned George Kittle, and I think that's a really big one. Uh, We can start with the 49ers offense, how they match up against that Vikings defense. And my question to you is, how have the Vikings been so good versus tight ends this year? If I'm not mistaken, they've been the number one team against tight ends in the passing game in 2019 in the
1: NFL. Yeah, so there's a, a couple of players that are uh contributing to this. I think the biggest one's Anthony Barr. He's been asked to cover tight ends one-on-one, man-to-man a whole lot, and that's been really good. Uh, There's also been Jaron Curse, who is sort of like tailor-made to stop tight ends. Uh, He is... Like six foot four, he's a safety. He's got the size. He kind (laughs) of matches up with those mismatched nightmares. So he's been a, a very good um, a, a very good mismatch tool when the Vikings decide to use him. He hasn't been getting a lot of snaps. He actually didn't get any snaps in the Saints game, even though there was no Mike Hughes or Mackenzie Alexander, which is very interesting. Um, they might just put a safety on him like they did. They had Anderson Deho cover Jared Cook last week. They might do that again. So they have some personnel there that that can handle these sort of like, quote-unquote, mismatch-type tight ends that are pretty good at contested catches. Um, but otherwise, it's been also just a, just a schematic thing, you know, a lot of capping routes and and a lot of support underneath from the linebackers.
2: One thing that the Vikings have not gone up against is a tight end as good as George Kittle, who, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the league. So that's going to be an interesting one for me. If you can do a number and limit George Kittle, I think that is a big win for the Vikings defense. Um, there is a common thread with these two teams. I mean, schematically they are are somewhat similar. I don't know if you can, they were on the
1: same offense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, is it, is it the Stefanski offense? Is there a lot of, it's a Kubiak offense. Okay. I was going to say, because there's a lot of Kubiak that I see in this offense. And obviously both Shanahan and Kubiak are are from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. So, you know, there's going to be some crossover and some similar things uh, happening in the offense, even though they've both gone their different directions on their respective limbs on that tree. The running game is pretty important to both of these offenses, and they are two of three NFL teams that ran the ball in 2019 more than they threw it, the third team being the Baltimore Ravens. So obviously, and the the run game works. That's the thing. It's not like this old-school mentality of, okay, I know the 49ers run a lot of... Yeah, it's you not know. like it's not like a physical
1: thing with either it's of these teams. teams it's not about like grinding them out it's about like using it to set up looks and to actually gain yards
2: yeah and the 49ers use the fullback as much as anybody but and you you put all these things together and you'd think oh this is the the quote- unquote established the run team but this isn't three yards in a cloud of dust this is a lot of wide zone
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the occasional trap you know things like that 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 cause big plays in the run game and the 49ers have a running back that leads the league in yards per carry in Raheem Mostert, who really came out of nowhere, and he is so explosive. And obviously, Dalvin Cook is, is a really good running back, and they do a lot of similar things on offense. So they run the ball well, and they run the ball a lot. And then, of course, off of that comes play action. and I think that's really important for both teams. We do need to take a, a short break here, but one thing that I think is interesting, we'll continue the conversation about the 49ers offense against the Vikings defense before we flip that, Jimmy Garoppolo today had a very interesting quote about the Vikings defense. And I don't know if I'm too much into it, but and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't say a lot when he's talking to the press. I'll get your opinions on that coming up.
1: Hey guys, real quick, I want to talk to you about Blue Chew, the very first chewable tablet of its kind. It has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, you know what we're talking about here, but it's a chewable, which means it kicks in twice as fast. So when the moment's right, you spend less time waiting around for a pill to kick in. Blue Chew is made right here in the United States, and it ships directly to your door in a nice discreet package, so you can skip the pharmacy, skip the waiting, skip all that awkwardness, and save a buck while you're at it. And it's not just for, like, men of a certain age who maybe can't perform the way that they used to their prime this is for anybody who is looking to just improve themselves for the sake of their partner and hey who can say no to that so head on over to bluechew.com that's b-l-u-e color blue and if you enter promo code locked on you can try it for free that's promo code locked on at bluechew.com
2: so I actually don't have the quote in front of me. I was trying to find it just now. Oh. I can't <laughs> I'm can't. Seem- i like waiting with bated breath. I, <laughs> I you got see- me on this tease. I can't seem to find it. But basically, uh, he said, to paraphrase, about the Vikings defense, they play sound, they have a plan, and they stick to it. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo hmm. is, is very vanilla in press conferences. But for some reason for me, having seen a ton of Jimmy Garoppolo press conferences, I feel like... And maybe I am looking too much into it, but it made me think that maybe they know what they expect to see from the Vikings and plan to use that against them in some kind of way. And you being someone who watches that Vikings defense and studies them, how true is that? Do they really play an a almost predictable brand of football on defense, even as sound as it is? And... And don't veer away from that. Do you think there's something that the 49ers could potentially exploit on that Vikings defense?
1: So that's fascinating because the way that Zimmer plays defense is actually amoebaed quite a bit over the last couple of years. He was a cover three shell until uh, Sean McVay and the Rams lit him up on Thursday night football last year. And then he turned into more of a cover four shell. And then that didn't work out great during like november and october this year the defense was starting to get lit up a little bit more so they changed to more too high and like this more conservative and you know take the safety out of the box and let the, the corners and the linebackers be the aggressive playmakers and kind of more cover two stuff so they've amoeba quite a bit over the last few uh few weeks and so i'm i'm curious to see what sort of tape the other interesting thing is you don't have a lot of tape for this defense against a wide zone scheme i believe the only like true wide zone uh you know play action thing you just described that they've played was the packers twice and that game those games both kind of went bad for other reasons and and uh you know it's i I don't know how useful that tape is against a division rival so i'm really curious to know what what jimmy could be talking about i do know they tailor their game plan quite a bit to their opponent and there's not so much of a scheme. I mean, it's not like you see yes. uh like with Robert Soleil, you know, it's cover three, he's a <laughs> Pete Carroll disciple, and it's like, you know, this is what you see. Yes. It's definitely a, a lot more variable
2: than that. And it's funny because when you see a quote like that, I thought of that 49ers defense. And and it is a little bit more multiple on defense than it had been originally. Uh, when uh, Robert Sala came over from with the strict cover three and it was a little bit more vanilla, but they still do want to play fast and they still do bite really hard on play action because they want to have one responsibility. So if you fake it to the running back, the ends are going to crash like crazy and they've been beat on that and, it, and they're sort of slow to change anything. And usually it's a second half adjustment. If anything like that happens, we saw it against the Ravens, saw it against, um, the, the Seahawks, even Jared Goff was just rolling out like crazy against the 49ers, and they continued to crash hard against Todd Gurley and the run with the defensive ends and gave him all kinds of time. And when you go against a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who's good – with the play-action game, that worries me a little bit. So when I heard him say that, I thought about the 49ers defense, and I was like, well, that's exactly what teams are doing to the 49ers right now, using what they know they're going to do against them. So I just thought that was an interesting quote, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like there's a little bit of something there. Uh, Talking about the 49ers' pass game, though, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's obviously a much different team than the Vikings saw in 2018, Garoppolo did not have a great game there in week one of 2018, but the rest it's of the op- totally different franchise. Yeah, just <laughs> completely different. And one of the players that, that I've loved for a long time on that Vikings defense is Xavier Rhodes. And it just seems to me that he's not the same guy. And I know there was the the miscommunication that it was with as mad as Rhodes looked like last week, <clears throat> it must've been uh, Harrison Smith's fault because uh, he was, he was not happy. And went a corner, Let somebody go to the middle of the field and there's no safety help there. They get quite mad about it. But it seems that that secondary in the corners specifically, you can get some big plays out of that Vikings defense. And the 49ers have a couple of receivers now that are actually true weapons for really the first time in the Shanahan era as coach of the 49ers in rookie Debo Samuel, who's done a fantastic job developing this year and the veteran in Emmanuel Sanders. Is that something the 49ers can potentially find a big player to in this game?
1: Yeah, so Xavier Rhodes has definitely had a poor season. Uh, he's he's been beaten quite a bit up. He got beat up uh, by you know DK Metcalf against the Seahawks. He got beat up by Devontae Adams. You know, a lot of guys have gotten the better of him this year. To the point where he used to actually shadow your best receivers. So he would go. I mean, he would shadow Julio Jones like in in week one this year. Um, and and later in the year, they stopped doing that. They started playing sides. So you get to put whoever you want. Against Xavier Rhodes and and I actually would wonder you know who you would want to put up against Xavier Rhodes He's more of a press man corner kind of more physical doesn't have the quickness uh, And and that's like, you know, so I'm curious to know what you would do there But now they've been playing sides and they've actually been rotating him out They have less ability to do that obviously because of the injuries we talked about earlier uh, But that has kind of been the, the morphs that they've had to do to adjust to the poor season that Xavier Rhodes is having All that said he did kind of shut down Michael Thomas last week. Last so week. they may be on to something with the the adjustments that they've made. It could be totally <laughs> fixed, or he could fall apart again next, next week. We you know, all have the, the same, 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 same discussions
2: That's a great point. And the, the Vikings defense came to play last week, that's for sure. And the 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 Vikings and the 49ers have something in common this year besides that they like to run the ball more than they like to pass the ball, is that they both went to the Superdome and beat the Saints this year, which is something that is somewhat unexpected and a lot of people myself included predicted that that was the game that was going to be potentially the blowout of the wild card weekend and not in the Vikings' favor. So that yeah. should scare 49ers fans that the Vikings are the other team. Well, and I guess the Falcons did too go into uh, to New Orleans and beat the Saints and and it gave Drew Brees all he could handle there and and actually just really quick on that point and and be honest, did you have a little uh-oh moment Watching that game, because there was the the big fumble late. By I had ball. about 100 uh-oh moments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, football, it gets pretty tense. Uh, you'll work up a sweat just sitting on the couch. But the, the Breeze fumble, then they got the ball back, and they ended up settling for the field goal. But I thought for sure, this is it. This is the touchdown drive for Breeze, and he's going to close this one out. And and he did not. They were not, unable to do that. That set the stage for... Kirk Cousins to make the throw of his life a beautiful rainbow to Thielen and set up their game winning touchdown in overtime instead.
1: Yeah, that, that. Basically, I mean, I I don't think I breathed for like uh, 45 minutes during that whole game. I I actually kind of figured that it would be, you know, a field goal and it would take it to overtime just because I know coaches tend to get conservative in that situation. Even somebody as aggressive as Sean Payton, uh, you know, they tend to like play for the field goal and play for overtime. They just can't help themselves. So I kind of figured that it was going to go to overtime there. Um, But, yeah, I want to reiterate, though, I had a question for you uh, with Xavier Rhodes and how he's kind of uh, been struggling. Who would you put on him? Who is the weapon that that you if you were Kyle Shanahan would uh, put on Xavier Rhodes? Because he will get
2: the luxury of that choice. You know, I would probably put. The veteran wide receiver, the guy who's the best at uncovering quickly in Emmanuel Sanders over there, and the 49ers really like to move everybody around, and, and there might be a lot of misdirection from the 49ers offense in this game. I would put the veteran, the guy with the the, the most, and, and Debo Samuel has a lot of quicks too, but I think just as a route runner, he's not quite there yet, and you want Debo Samuel to get those those routes where he catches the ball quickly and is able to catch and run and he can run routes. And uh, he had an amazing release last week and, and had a beautiful, what is it? I think it was a 15 yard out that he just lost the cornerback and, and just a great release and showed that he's come along quite a way as a, as a route runner, but he's the slant God. I call him. It's a catch and run situation for Debo Samuel. They use him a lot, uh, handing him the ball, throwing him stuff short, letting him use his run after catch ability. But but I would expect to see a little bit of both and a heavy dose of them finding their matchups and moving pieces around to try to find those matchups that they want. But off the top of my head, if they were to stick one guy over there more often, I would assume it would be Emmanuel Sanders just because that makes he, a lot of sense. he's so different in the quickness factor there. And as long as he can get off that jam, he'll be in good shape. But maybe if that doesn't work, the physicality, a little bit more strength from Debo Samuel, maybe he's the guy to put over there against that that press coverage from Uh, From uh, Xavier Rhodes, but that's an interesting. And by the way, I do this shadow 49ers draft every year. Xavier Rhodes was my first ever shadow 49ers pick in 2013. Uh, He was the guy that, you know, I go when the 49ers are on the clock, I say this is who I would have taken because I don't like all the hindsight scouting that happens in the NFL. The Eric Reed pick in 2013, I had the 49ers selecting Xavier Rhodes. And now that would have looked pretty good for San Francisco. He's had a, a heck of a nice career, even if he's fallen off a little bit as of late. But the dude's like 230 pounds. How long can you play cornerback at that size?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and it's there's been some schematic stuff, too, that, you know, I could go way into the weeds on. But uh, why don't we why don't we flip this around?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's flip this around. I want to hear about that Vikings offense and how it may attack the 49ers defense.
1: Yeah, so if they're still the cover three base, you know, assuming that there's you know a wrinkle here or there, sure. But if there's still that cover three base, the Vikings have a lot of different concepts. Uh, if you're looking for tape to study or or something to get an idea of how they would attack that, uh, I would say watch the Cowboys game uh, on the Sunday Night Football Cowboys game. They busted out a lot of their cover three beater concepts. They actually like that. Them? They, they yeah. uh, like to line up in certain mm-hmm. alignments and formations that invite your safety into the box so that you get a single high look and then they'll run something like smash or something like yankee over the top to really stress that that free safety so i guess the question that that comes from me to you then is how do you feel about that free safety it's, it's uh jimmy ward right
2: yeah it's jimmy ward, and he's having a fantastic year the only thing that's held jimmy ward back in his career is the injuries and he's started every game since he came back from his latest injury in the off season. And he's been phenomenal. He's got so much range. He's a physical guy, even though he's not the biggest player, uh, he's got that cornerback athleticism, but he plays more like a safety and he's got range in the 49ers defense with Tart Tartback at strong safety. It's a really strong group. Richard Sherman on the other side is uh, an all pro guy for a reason and has been one of the top players still at his age, uh, limiting opposing offenses and opposing quarterback rating, from passers against him in his coverage and so then it comes down to who the starting quarterback is on the right side the right corner and uh, like the Vikings the 49ers don't travel so it's going to be Richard Sherman on the defensive left side and on the right side it's been Akella Witherspoon all year until he was hurt and the 49ers had an undrafted player from a couple years ago Emmanuel Mosley has just been phenomenal and a lot of people think he's outplayed Akella Witherspoon and he actually replaced Witherspoon for the final drive against the Seahawks, an all-important drive because Witherspoon got beat a couple of times. And if I'm reading the oh, team. it was a benching. Yeah, it was straight up, let's put in this guy because we think he might be better for this drive. And, and uh, I think that's pretty important. I think that might have been the 49ers saying, you know what? Let's turn the page. Let's see what Mosley's got. And he, he played pretty well. I think they complete and they targeted him. I mean, whoever plays that right cornerback has a target on his back. And I, I'm leaning toward Mosley being that guy that gets the start for the 49ers, but they're not going to say anything about it. We won't find out until the 49ers run their starting 11 out on defense on Saturday who that starting cornerback is going to be. But whoever it is better be ready because I have a feeling a lot of balls are going to go his way. And Definitely just,
1: with, with Dixon Thielen.
2: Yeah, and, and, and you've got two really good wide receivers there. That should worry the 49ers because you're going to have a really good player out there and it's not that neither player is good because they both have been up to the challenge at certain points in this season. But they're they're going to see a lot of targets. And I kind of have the same question for you that you asked me about who would go up against Rhodes. Who do you see being that guy over there trying to take advantage of whoever's lined up at right cornerback for the 49ers?
1: So. There's a lot of options and I actually don't know what they're gonna do So a lot of the times what they'll do is they'll use weird alignments. They'll line up They'll they'll throw a tight end out there Sometimes they'll throw the fullback CJ Ham out there and like get CJ Ham to line up against Richard Sherman And now you're wasting Richard Sherman on CJ Ham. and and then they'll usually uh, If they want to take advantage of a slot matchup, they'll use Adam Thielen and then they'll put uh, Stefan Diggs out wide more often so that's maybe what I could see happening. Um, they definitely don't uh, come out in the typical, like, one wide receiver on either side, you know, 11 personnel very often. They use a they lot use of 12 personnel. So you have a lot of worrying about tight ends, Kyle Rudolph with CJ Ham and Dalvin Cook. Um, and then, you know, you have your have play action. action. I, I actually think the 49ers and the Vikings are the two, they're the two often, they're the teams that use a fullback the most often. Obviously, because, you know, you, you got to on that side, but the things have been really, really in love with using CJ Ham as either a lead blocker or an outlet receiver or a pass protection helper. Um, but I, I think to your question, my guess would be Digs and then Thielen in the slot. Uh, and then they would just, like, stay away from Sherman. Sometimes, though, they've just put digs on your good corner. Uh, the the Saints shadowed uh, Thielen with Mark Lattimore last week, so they didn't really get the luxury of choosing. Um, but if they do get the luxury of choosing, I, I think last time they played, they put digs on Sherman. For most of the game so maybe they would repeat that it worked out okay uh but obviously you know this is much different i mean sherman is playing lights out right now i think he's an art to be the best cornerback in the league so you might have to attack that a little differently
2: and that sherman versus dig matchup is something that you as a fan really want to see because of the way Uh, the broadcast will be all and yeah, they they will chirp a little bit, I'm sure, and let each other know if one or the other wins a certain matchup. Just the 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 aggressiveness and the the way those two guys play, the competitiveness, I think, is going to be a fun matchup to watch. So I hope that's something we get to see a lot of on Saturday. One thing I need to ask you about Luke is the offensive line for the Vikings. Yeah, and, this is
1: the elephant in the room the, here, here, right?
2: And and, and obviously, Kirk, C- and every quarterback is not great under pressure, but Kirk Cousins seems to be more susceptible to having problems when he's under pressure. The 49ers front, if they get D Ford back, uh, just adds to how they're calling him the, the big four now with D Ford, Nick Bosa, force Buckner and Eric Armstead together. And when those guys both in on the field together, it's just, it's trouble for whoever they go against, especially more of a pocket type passer, because they can really pin their ears back and go get them. And they don't have to play rushing lanes for a quarterback. That's going to scramble around and, and make all kinds of plays with their legs. So to me, this is the matchup of the game. If it goes the way, I think this could be what dooms the Vikings is the 49ers pass rush getting after Kirk cousins. So, that means it's up to the Vikings' offensive line, and I know that Garrett Bradbury has, you know, and and look, for a young player, for a rookie at any position, the development path isn't linear. Where is he at right now? Because you look at his PFF grade, and it's something like in the 40s, which is not great, and he's given up. quite Oh a few yeah, he's, he's put up this-
1: some absolute clunkers. Uh, He's gotten a 0.0 PFF grade twice this year, which is uh, unfortunate, Um, but it's it's a week to week proposition with him because he's actually turned in some pretty good games as well. It's very inconsistent. It's not like consistently like bad. It's either catastrophically awful or pretty good. Um, so we'll see what kind of thing we get from Bradbury, but it is that interior. That's where you're going to want to attack the Vikings. So it's not necessarily, I mean, Nick Bosa versus Brian O'Neill is actually, uh, a, a, a matchup. I'm really excited about. Brian O'Neill has been an above average right tackle. He's stood up to some of the premier pass rushers in the league. He stonewalled Joey Bosa. He did pretty well against Cam Jordan. Um, so I'm actually really uh, excited to see that particular matchup. But I, I think it'll be the interior rushers, which is where, you know, that that's where the Niners are going to be able to get their production, especially against the run game. Uh, in terms of the past, they have a lot of tricks up their sleeve to kind of mitigate that pressure. They've been using it all year because they have to, because Pat Elfline isn't very good. And, and, and Eric Bradbury is, is, is not reliable in the least. Josh Klein, the right guard, has been OK. Uh, Riley Reef has been average to above average at left tackle. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a lot of of what you see on your side of things the rollouts and and moving those pockets and you know play action and stuff to kind of force those defensive linemen, those superstar defensive linemen to have to think and hesitate just a little bit so they can't just pin their ears back and go kill Kirk Cousins. You can't do that every play. There will be some dropbacks where you just need the offensive line to hold up, and that's a tough ask that there will be plays like that, especially in, you know, third and long situations where, you know, you don't have the luxury of run action. You can't take a run play on third and 11. So that's going to be, I think, really where a lot of the the like if the vikings have a chance it's because yeah. that went better than we and think, it will. think it will. and if the vikings don't have a chance it's because that matchup went exactly how we think it will
2: and i think that's how things went for the vikings last week and that's where they won Donnell hunter and griffin Really, I think they each each had what one and a half sacks. They got after Drew. right? Bruce. And they moved
1: inside to attack those
2: the weaker guards instead
1: of the the really good tackles that the Saints have.
2: Yes, and so that's sort of it. I think whoever affects the other team's quarterback, which is something you can probably see every week around the NFL, that's going to be one of the things that decides this game. So, uh, unless you have any other major points here, we're running out of time. We got to make some predictions. I will let you go first. First, as the visiting team, how do you see this going? Vikings at 49ers Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's a coaching matchup, right? I mean, it's which coach is going to protect their quarterback better, which coach is going to be able to counter those quarterback protection measures better, you know, which coach is going to be able to attack secondaries that, you know, the Vikings secondary has been has ailed a little bit and the 49ers defense has been lights out all season. And that is why the Niners are favored by a touchdown here, you know, they get the home field advantage, they get the bye and they're just a better team on paper anyways here's the thing though the Vikings are fighters and I I think that they are being underrated a little bit by I think it's a touchdown spread so if it were me and if I were betting on this one I would take the Vikings in the points I wouldn't take the money line I wouldn't take them outline outright to win but if you're looking for a gambling hit I, I I'd take the Vikings in the points here I think that they can uh cover and you know at least make a game out of this and it you know have some weird score like 21 to 16.
2: Well, now I wish I wouldn't have let you go first because I was going to say nearly the same thing. I like the 49ers straight up for all the reasons you mentioned. They've gotten a chance to get healthy. They had the early bye this year, so I think having an extra bye week in the playoffs was really important for them as witnessed by all of their players practicing this week and potentially getting so many players back. Mike Person at right guard also looks like uh, he's going to be coming back from his neck injury. He was also at practice today, which is really good news for the 49ers. And the line has even moved in the 49ers favor. I believe it started out at six and a half and it's gone up to seven points now. And I would not bet I would not give away all those points for the 49ers, but I would definitely take the Niners straight up. And I would advise the 49ers fans out there. Hey, put some money on the Vikings. Take those seven points and you'll feel good about yourself no matter what happens Saturday. You'll either be (laughs) counting some money or the 49ers will win or potentially both. And so that's what I'm looking for. A 49ers victory, I think, this week by something less than seven. And uh, I think you spelled it out. The over under is 44 and a half. I think there's potential for it to go maybe a little bit higher than that, unless they really just go through this. And we've seen this a few times, the 49ers where they, they slow play it. And it seems like they're just really feeling out their opponent. And if both teams really want to run the ball a lot, maybe it starts out a little bit slower before. I think Shanahan's going to dig a little bit deeper into his bag of tricks and we'll start to see some misdirection. We'll see some, some oddities out there and, and maybe some things that we haven't seen all year. I yeah, like the under there because either of these teams get a lead and they'll they'll slam the brakes. Right, yeah. So so potentially the under on that 44.5, I don't feel great about the over-under, but I do feel good about the 49ers coming out with the win. 21-17, something like that. Maybe fewer than the seven-point line that's out there, but uh, the 49ers are favored in this game for a reason. But the Vikings have shown they can knock off a really good football team, the team that I thought was going to be the bump in the road for the 49ers and the Saints any team can win in this league teams that are this good in the playoffs. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I can't wait. And you know what? We'll probably, if the Vikings win, how about this? I'm going to have to have you on the locked on NFL show with Matt Williams and myself talking about the NFC championship game. And I, I would love to case. (laughs) I hope that's not the case. I hope uh, I'm the one talking about the NFC championship game, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a a great
1: future. Let's Let's do that.
2: that. (laughs) All right, let's do it. That sounds good. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for doing the crossover. It's always fun chatting with the other hosts here on the network. Again, you can find Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Tell a friend about locked on Vikings. You can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter and we'll talk to you next time.